Good afternoon. It's Community Echoes with Phyllis Warren, and today my guest is Shannon Pringle, who works in long-term care, um, and she's at a home and everything, and we're going to discuss with her what it took to become a long-term care worker and how long she's worked and everything. So good afternoon, Shannon. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so, first of all, what made you decide long-term care was the career for you? Well, uh, when I was 21, I started as a janitor on the uh, St. Mary's Indian Reserve. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, built a long-term care home. And I started there as a janitor. And um, when I continued working there... I got a chance to move up and I helped the activity aid and we would go on um, outings and stuff and I'd have to help with toileting and that and it was an interesting job um, because we did seniors and detox mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I got I got married and had my kids so I stopped working and then um, when my youngest son was born my grandmother got sick right? really bad. And me and my husband took her into our home, and we cared for her until she passed. And then after that, I thought, you know what? If I can do it for my grandmother, I can do it for other people. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's sad because as an Indigenous person, when you go into the healthcare field, a lot of times there is no representation of of any of us there. Oh. And um, when you're sent home with somebody who's palliative and you don't know how the healthcare system works, it is devastating because you're left all on your own to deal with someone who is passing. And if you don't have a good doctor that tells you what you need at home, like with home care and stuff like that, um, you're all on your own. It's a guessing game. It is a total guessing game. And a lot of Indigenous people don't want to be in the hospital. And that was one of my grandmother's wishes. So that's why we took her home. And when I was done, I thought, well, I'm on maternity leave. I'll look into it. And I did. And I got um, accepted into Sprotshaw Community College, Uh one of the first graduates. And... um, yeah, it just came from there that I worked with, first I started out at AIM High, and I did a lot of care there and with um, disabled people physically and mentally. And then I did uh, uh, youth. Uh-huh. And then I went back to long-term care where I went to hospice house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did hospice house. And then I worked for Northern Health and did home care. Um, as a start, as, as you start out in home care, you have to have many different hats to wear. Um, because if you're doing long-term care, you're not also dealing with just seniors anymore. There's a lot of people that are coming in that are younger. Oh. Um, you know, like from accidents and, uh, drug overdoses and, so you have to be able to to um, build your portfolio and make sure that you have as much 
education as you can, learning different um, tools for your for your career, because um, people are very. Uh, everybody's different in in healthcare, and and we all try to lump them into one category, but we can't because everybody needs different care at different levels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in home care, you would go into their own homes and provide services, probably house cleaning and a bit of cooking and uh, bathing. Yeah. Like when when you do home care, it's in their home and you do like a, it's all personal care. So most of the times you go in there, you're making sure they've had their medications. You've given them showers or, you know, you feed them or you help them out a little bit, right? Like with uh-huh. cleaning and stuff like that. In long-term care, it's all, it's basically everybody is, you're feeding, you're toileting, you're dressing, you know, like everyday things that we take for granted, we have to do for them. We're there to assist them in their lives to make it better. Right. And, um, yeah, like, it's it's a whole different world when you wor- live, uh, when you work in long-term care because um, you have people who are just disabled and then it goes to people who have dementia and Alzheimer's. And, I mean... It's a whole different ball game, and trying to get all these people to live in one in one building and be a community is hard. Yeah, it is really hard. Yes, yes. So, um, you're working in long term care, and how long have you been at your uh, at my job? Yes, at this place, I've been there for eleven years. Okay, yeah. So you have a lot of clientele that have been there for the 11 years and have moved on. Yes. A long-term care is, you have to remember, these people aren't going into long-term care to live for 50 to 60 years. You have to come with terms that you're going to know that these people aren't going to last long. So it is hard to watch people pass. Right. And... Um, you have to learn to cope in your own way, uh-huh. right? Like, because um, some of them are really, really nice, and then some of them aren't so nice. But you know, you come to love them in their own little way. Uh-huh. Um, everybody is different, but you got to remember that in the long run, you're there just to make their lives comfortable till they pass. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Um, in order to work in a facility, I guess you had to be updated with vaccines and um, the prerequisites for uh, to take just to take the course. You have to be you have to have full vaccinations of everything, your childhood. Um, you have to have a TB test. You have to have a criminal record test. Um, they say grade ten English and that, but it's best to get your grade twelve because if you don't have your grade twelve, a lot of uh, facilities won't hire you. They look for you to have your grade twelve. Um, but it it is a good career if you like being around people and enjoying the the different steps that everybody takes in life. Because one person one day will be totally one 
person. And then you'll come back at four o'clock and this person will be totally different. Um, with dementia and Alzheimer's, you don't know what you're walking into a lot of times. You have to be very organized and very aware of your surroundings sometimes and depending on where you work in long-term care because we do have a lot of people that are um, aggressive. Oh, okay. But they, a lot of them are aggressive only because they're scared. They don't they don't know who they are right at that moment or they don't know what's going on and they're in a place where they don't know where they are right so it's a it's the aggressiveness is more because they're scared mm-hmm. but you kind of learn to um read everybody differently right mm-hmm. but yeah like uh you have to keep yourself level-headed in a lot of the situations so if you're good with talking to people and you know um being kind and gentle because that's what a lot of them need when they're at that stage of life because they are so confused and you know a lot of the times they don't even recognize their own families mm-hmm. so you know to them they they're in a place where they don't know anybody and you know, they may have known you five minutes ago, but now they don't. Right. So it's it's it is very emotional work because you have to deal with people um, in all different stages of life, right? Right. And and a lot of them are so confused and upset that they're in the situation that they are that they just lash out. And right. it's not that they're mad at you. They're just mad at the situation. Yes. And the circumstances that have brought them to yes. your place. Yes. So is your place a large area? Like, do you have lots of residents there? I'm lucky. I work at a small facility. We mm-hmm. only have 20 residents. Um, I have worked in, in bigger facilities, but I like the smaller ones because you can get to know your your residents and you get to know them, you know, even when they're having good days and bad days, you can see it in their faces and it's easier to keep yourself safe and um, and the re- and other residents safe, too, when it's a small facility, because you've got a, a team that you work with that you can that you work together and keep everybody, you know, in in their own corners at some times because some it's just, it's just like living on a street not all your neighbors get along yeah 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 right and that's it and people got to realize that not all seniors get along with other seniors and they have their issues just like everybody else right right so it's um it's a community of people that are not all on the same level of care and mental state, right? Right. Yeah. So when when you go to work, uh, is there a time that um, you guys sit down and say, okay, Mrs. Smith is not having a good day. You know, Mr. Jones is, is doing whatever that day so then you're updated on what you're walking into or do you just 
yeah, walk uh, in. At the beginning of shift, we it's a, we do a shift change at the beginning of a shift, and we basically talk to the last shift, and we talk to each other, tell us what's going on. Um, there's usually, a t- when you work in a facility, you have a team of two or three people of, of care aides and then a nurse, right? There's always a nurse on shift. Um, in long-term care, uh, resident care aides, we do not give out medication that is left for the LPNs or the RNs. Um, we do all personal care, like we um, feed them, we change them, we toilet them, we dress them, we brush their teeth, we comb their hair. Um, and you can do that many times during the day. Like you're not, it's not like we do it once. You toilet them many times whenever they ask or, you know, somebody gets a spill on their shirt, you change them. It's like, it's, it's like being a parent all the time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And if you can, if you can, um, talk to children and get them to do things that you don't want to do, they don't want to do, like take care of themselves. And you can do that with seniors. It's, it, I know people don't like it when you, you mix them together, but in the end, if you, if you can raise children, you can, you can help take care of seniors. And that we need a lot of help. There are a lot of us that, um, are burning out fast. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, if that's what you're going into. So when they get violent, do they assault the workers? Yes, we've, many of us have been assaulted bad. Like we've been punched, kicked, bite, pinched, hair pulled. Um, They've tried to, you know, gouge your eyes out. But they're in a state where they're, it's it's you know it's not them you know what i mean you yeah. know in if they you know in if they were in their right mind they wouldn't be doing this to you so you got to remember that when you go into the care facilities uh, some people look like they're with it mm-hmm. but they're not right they could be in 1956 where they're 20 years old and they're you know living life and having a good time but they can't understand why they can't stand up and walk so they try to get up and walk right right yes with my mom when she was in long-term care she couldn't look in a mirror because there was an old lady staring at her all the time. So yeah. that would send her into a frizzy because there was an old lady in her bathroom with her. You know, she did not understand that that was her. Yeah. Right? Because in her mind, she was a young woman. Yes. And, that, and that's another thing, too. Like, a lot of seniors, when you go into their room one minute and you and you tell them, okay, it's this... It's, you know, we're getting ready to do this. Would you like to come? And uh, you you come back 10 minutes later and they have no clue what you're talking about. So, I mean, it is it is a guessing game. But I mean, after a while, you start to learn the re- you le- start to learn your residents and you start to be able to read a lot of them just by facial expressions and and how they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to really enjoy some of them sometimes because they are 
really, really funny. They'll say the most inappropriate things you've ever heard in your life. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. I've been propositioned many times. (laughs) So I guess you have to have a a level of sense of humor, too, to go with the job, you know, along with the caring and the loving. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like um, when you raise kids, right? You you have all these expectations, but you got to realize sooner or later that your expectations are not what that person may need. You need to do to do the care that they need and i think with health care and and just the way long-term care is right now we don't have individual um one-on-one yeah we don't have that we have like as a care worker i have nine people to take care of in a day so i mean you got 15 minutes to get everybody up and ready so you get 15 minutes of care in the morning. That's why we try to make sure that they get as much different individual care, like spending at, at least five, ten minutes every other hour with them. Because you do, you have nine people that you need to make sure that have everything they need in your eight-hour period that you work. Right. So Properly dressed. Pro- yeah. Properly showered and cleaned and, you know, well looked after. Potty breaks. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of them do wear incontinent products, but you still like, I mean, you want them to be feel fresh and clean when because a lot of families, you know, they come in and they want to look good for their families, just like we do. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you want to get up and look good for the day, just like everybody else does. Yes. And sometimes, you know, we don't have that time when we have sick people or or people who are passing. A lot of times you can't spend that individual care with people. We need we need more workers that are willing to put themselves out there and just, you know, help people live the rest of their lives so they're comfortable. Right, right. right. And gentle, kind-hearted. Yeah. With a lot of patience as the type of people that should be working in this field then, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, you do lose your patience. with, Like, I mean, it, it. everybody does. But at that point, when you're working with people that it's easier just to say, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes, Right. That, that that gives you that 10 minutes to go and cool yourself off and come back to the situation. Sometimes when they're really violent, you don't have that chance because you got to protect yourself, you got to protect your staff, and you got to protect the residents. Right, right. And, and there are a lot of people that um, go into care that they don't know that they have dementia or Alzheimer's, and they look perfectly normal. They're able to... Um, read cues and stuff. Right. So on that note, um, I'm going to introduce the commercial break. And we're talking to Shannon Pringle today and what it takes to be a long-term care worker and what the need is right now for more people to get into that career. So we're going to be right back and we'll talk to you in a bit. There's a river of birds in my a series of news and current affairs programs by and about women around the world, produced and distributed 
by the Women's International News Gathering Service. Listen for Wings at its new time, Wednesday nights at 9.30, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Prince George Potters Guild is offering a beginner wheel level one course starting Wednesday. The program will run Wednesday and Fridays until December 16th from 6.30 to 9.30 under the instruction of Karen Heathman. The $200 course fee includes four evenings of instruction plus one month of studio time after classes, clay, and the use of the guild's tools and glazing and firing during classes. Students are asked to be able to throw a cylinder before taking wheel level two. For more information and to register, go to studio2880.com slash programs. The Prince George RCMP is looking for witnesses to a hit and run that occurred on November the 1st at about 6 p.m. on the Highway 97 off-ramp from the Simon Fraser Bridge heading toward Queensway. The victim of this hit and run suffered minor injuries as a result of the collision and did not see the vehicle that rear-ended her before it left the area. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, periods of snow, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 12 with a wind chill of minus 19. Tonight, snow, a low of minus 14. On Tuesday, snow ending in the morning, then mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries. Snow beginning in the afternoon with a wind chill to minus 18, wind up to 15, and a high of minus 12. And we're back with Shannon Pringle today, a long-term care worker that we have on the air. And we were just discussing how hard it is when a person is in a home with dementia or Alzheimer's. So do you guys do anything different for the holidays to allow them to know that... It's the holidays. Oh, yeah, they have um, the senior socials. We take them on outings. Like, they go to the the tree light up and all that stuff. We have a party for them, like, with the families and the staff. They'll come and they'll have a party. And then on Christmas Day, we... We um, have stockings for them, and we have, uh, you know, everybody has a gift under the tree. And we, um, I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but some years we've all got the matching pajamas, and we've all come out and in matching pajamas on. Yeah, even staff will will wear pajamas to work on Christmas Day, so we can all be, you know, like the Christmas spirit, like you do at home, right? You yes. get up, you have a little bit of breakfast, and then you open up your presents and stuff. Yeah, we try to we try to make it like it is a, a home, like you're in a home. I know sometimes in a care home, it's you know they everybody thinks you know we got to do this, 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 and this at this time. We try not to do that in our care facility. We try to let people have their we call it gentle care. We try to let people live their life. Like, we have some people that refuse to get out of their pajamas. But, hey, you know what? Who, who, pajama day. It's pajama day that day for them, right? Like, we we do we make them as comfortable as we can and mm-hmm. try to make it like a home environment as much as possible. Even though we are in a facility, that's why I like the smaller facility because it is. Like, you, you are, like... A family when you work with people all the time and you know you care for the same people all the time you do think of them as family and it is hard to watch them deteriorate and stuff but as a care worker you got to know this is going to happen and that this is what you were trained to do and to train to take care of them 
Yeah, the circle of life. Exactly. Right? So in their stockings, uh, candies and orange and, you know, a little gift or is it more, um, you know, hygiene stuff like little shampoos and things like that? we do that. We try to give them things they need like socks and like because some of them need like grip socks so they can walk around and not fall and the socks grip the floor and... Um, yeah, like we try to get them like individual little things too, like that we know they like, like certain people like certain candies and right. We try to make it individual, but it is, like I said, most facilities are big, like huge. You got 30 people to a wing where you're, you know, and you got four wings, like it's harder to make that more of a home environment but you know what us care workers are there every day doing the best we can yeah you know like trying to make these people these people's lives comfortable and at christmas time do you guys sing carols and have music playing for them Um, most of the time we do try to have that we try to get people to come in and sing to them and stuff like that like we they try to do that on a uh a weekly basis where they have people come in like um i think at halloween i think it was it was halloween they had some kids come in and sing songs and stuff like that we try to do that all the time you know like just to get them happy like they you know older seniors they love to see young kids singing and you yes. know, running around the home and, mm-hmm. you know. And what about animals? Because, you know, I've heard about this program where some people have these animals that visit, you know, hospitals and, and everything. Do you get these special yes. needs? Yes. We dogs. Do. Yeah, we have, uh, we have a lady that came in a few times and she has a beautiful Doberman, beautiful Doberman. And he comes in and he... He just loves on everybody and he loves to be petted. You know, they all, we have a cat in our care home. Oh. Yes. Her name is Mia. She will follow you around and tell you what to do. Oh, yeah. She is a very bossy little cat. A supervisor. Yes. We got our, yeah. She is the supervisor. If the only way you can get her to leave you alone is if you give her treats. <laughs> but we try, like I said, we try to make our place like a home. We, you know, we have a decorated, we have trees all over, we have decorations all over. And we try to do that for every season, like every holiday, Easter, everything. Thanksgiving. You know, staff will even dress up. Like we wear, like, because, you know, we got to wear scrubs. So we try to make our scrubs, you know, holiday seasony and we'll wear little headbands and stuff just you know to make them laugh and make them have a good time yes. you know life's too short to to always think that long-term care and and living in a, a care home is such a horrible place it, it's what you make it and and if you have good staff it'll be an awesome place to work and the staff will laugh and the and the residents will laugh if you can get the residents to laugh at you you got you're you're having a good day yes yes and what about crafts do you guys do crafts for christmas and easter and i think we have activities almost every day and uh, they do crafting they do bingos um exercises uh, what else do they, they do tons of things. They, they, they do a lot of, um, uh, knitting, crochets, hand, yeah, like hand, hand finger. Things. Yeah. Like, you know, to get the hand coordination, you know, and, and, um, 
a lot of uh, memory games, you know, like they'll, um, they do trivia. They love trivia. Oh, a lot okay. of trivia. They like a lot of trivia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, they've experienced a full lifetime. So they would probably be able to win the games <laughs> most time. <laughs> yeah. They, and you know, when they get into uh, like seniors that are having a hard day, when you get them into something that they really enjoy, it makes it a lot better. And it, it, it works better when the families are willing to let us to actually talk to us and tell us what they like and don't like. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of families think that when they come in there that we're just there to, you know, do the care. And they got to also realize that we're there to care for them and to make their lives comfortable. So the more open the families are with us about their lives and telling us stories about what happened to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we have people that have fought wars and have been tortured and and things that we could never imagine happening. So when you come in and they're having a bad day, you don't know if they're flashing back to that time. Mm-hmm. Right? And the more, I think, the more happier we make it for them, the better they will be. And the better we are, too, because... It's hard to look after people. You don't, sometimes you second guess everything you do as a care worker. Right. 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 You, you, you try to, you try to make it better, but sometimes you feel like if you can't get through to that person, it just, you know, you feel like you're missing out on something if you can't make that person comfortable. Right. Right. And with my mom, when she was in long-term care, when we switched her over from, you know, moderate living to long-term, I was asked to give a story, write down a story of her life, how many children she had, how many siblings she had, you know, um, what she did in her life, you know, and... um Things that she had accomplished and what she might be remembering throughout the years. And as uh, her Alzheimer's had progressed, she kept on reverting to a younger girl, right? So they were able to look at my story. And I thought, okay, a story, you know, maybe one or two pages. But after I finished, it was like 13 pages, Yes, yeah, the information. And when that's put into somebody's care file, it it it's good especially for new staff. Like when you got to remember we have a lot of staff turnover because a lot of people come in and they can't handle the job. It is too hard. And it's not that it's physically too hard. It's emotionally and mentally too hard. Right. I mean, I've been assaulted so many times. You know, when you get assaulted on the street, and or you're at work, you can press charges on that person and you have an end result. But when you're in a care home, you don't have that. You you take the abuse because you know that this person doesn't have the the sense that somebody else would. And and you know that this person is only lashing out because they're scared or they don't know where they are, you know, like when you're when you're taken away from what you know every day and then you're put into another situation where there's all these strangers around and you don't know who they are that's who you're going to attack first is the people you don't know right and the facility that my mom was housed at they had 
doors, right? They were private rooms. They were singleton rooms. And they would sit them down and they would make a craft for their doors. So then that way they would remember it because they didn't want to put pictures of what the person looked like. They wanted, you know, and on my mom's door, it was horses, a field of horses, right? That she had glued on a piece of paper, all these horses. So she could remember her room was with the horses, you know, and others was dogs or cats. Mm. So then that way, you know, it was something special to them that, you know, yeah, they we, remembered. We encourage that. We encourage people to decorate their rooms or their doors any way they want. We do have names, names on the doors, like mm-hmm. big, so they can see them. And some, some of them do have pictures on them because some of them, like they don't, you got to remind them where their room is. So if you say, oh, you know where your picture is? Oh, yeah, I know where my picture is. They can go to that, too. It's okay. all up to whatever the family wants or what the resident wants. We don't we don't try to force anything on them because we have some residents that don't want to participate. Right. Right. In a lot of the activities. Like we had this one lady that used to tell me she didn't want to participate because she didn't want to catch dementia or Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. She goes, Shannon, you need to stop doing this job. You're going to catch it. <laughs> and I always tell her, you know what? It's too late. Already got it. Already got it. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why I'm here with you. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, each individual person, that's the thing that makes me the saddest is we don't have enough time to spend individually with everybody in our eight-hour day. It would be nice to be able to sit down and have, you know, conversations. And and, because some of the stories you hear are amazing from Mm -hmm. these people, like things you would never like, you know, we have people that came from England and they tell us amazing stories about being their husbands being knighted and you know like amazing stories that you never would get to hear anywhere else and it's it is cool right and with covid let's get into covid how did you guys change your facility to meet well see we were lucky because we were small already so we uh, a lot of the families were on board with with what we were doing and basically you had to sign in you had to take your temperature we had to get covid shots but you know what i'm not i'm not liking i don't like to get needles myself i don't like to put things in my body that i don't really but i'm there to to take care of people that's my job that's what i chose to do so that's what i did i i knew there was prerequisites before i came in so they just changed them a little bit and they added the covid shot Right. Right. And, and I mean, even with like when they had polio, like we had to have all these shots before. I mean, we had to have them to take the course. So, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't that it was, it was just another flu shot. That's the way I looked at it. Right. Right. You have to get another flu shot. And I, I'm not doing it. I always think of it. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the people that I take care of. For them to be able to live as long as they can without me making them sick. Right. right. So you allowed family members to come in yeah. as long as they didn't have a temperature. As long, Yeah, as long as they didn't have a temperature and any of the um, 
you know, the side of all the side effects that they have for COVID. As long as you didn't have any of them or you didn't have, um, we, you have to have a COVID shot to come in there at, you have, oh, yes. okay. the families do have to have that. There were some families that chose not to, but we would have different um, arrangements with them. Like we had a room where the families could visit and we could distance them and stuff like that. But, you know, a shot to get to make everybody's life easier, is it really that bad? Right. Like I chose this as a job and I, and I knew that like if something else comes down the line, if I want to still do this as a job, I have to do that too. Right. You have to roll with the punches. The only way we can, we can make long-term care and any kind of home care better is if we are a community and we stick together and we work, we think about, we don't think about ourselves. We think about everybody else around us, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do because me not getting the COVID shot for one, I can't work. Oh yes. Yes. So now my kids and my husband aren't eating. Right. And now the the people that I care for now lost a good care worker. Right. Down on the employees. So then you're short. And you know what? Getting older, you got to look at other, you got, you got to look at it is you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for everybody around you. Right. Right. Yes. And that's just what I thought about it. You know what? I didn't like it, but I went and did it because I cared about my job and I cared about the people I worked with. Right. Staff and residents. So did you guys have any cases of COVID that came into the home? Yeah, we ha- we've had our we've had a couple outbreaks for like a few residents. Like I think the last one we only had four or five residents that got it. Um and two staff. So, I mean, if if you take the precautions on wearing your mask, washing your hands, you know, disinfecting, disinfecting everything, it's it's not easy to keep all germs out. But it's if if everybody's diligent, you you can do it. Yeah. You know, it is it is bad that you have to keep reminding them that they have to stay in their rooms because they're like, well, why? I'm like, you're sick. Oh, Okay, I'm sick. But they get it too. They understand that they've got to stay away to make sure that nobody else. And if they can live like that and they understand it, I don't understand why the rest of us can't. I yeah. really don't. Yes. You know, they know they're in there and that they've got, they, that they have other roommates and stuff that they got to take care of. So, I mean, yeah. we're a community. And if we don't act like a community, your community goes downhill. Yes. And with the residents, were they all vaccinated against uh, with the COVID shots? Uh, yeah, they've all been vaccinated. They've all had their flu shots. Okay, so you guys do all keep yep. up with all the yep. seasonal everything vaccines. we have. We ha- will have um, people come in and do that. Um, we have, uh, I think it's we do. I think Heart Drugs comes in and does our flu shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So someone comes in who yeah, we is have, trained to do that then yeah, and we, keep track. Yep. Everything's everything's documented in each one of their files every time they get a flu shot or the cuz the boosters for COVID, they all um their families agree to get them, they get them and we have somebody come in and do it. Mhm. Yeah. And so staff when this person comes in you guys do it too, then. Um, I think I think most of us go down when we get our phone call 
Just and like do it. it. Yeah, and we do it. Okay. At this point, we're going to go uh, for a commercial, and we're talking with Shannon Pringle, a long-term care worker. Be back. Revisit the basic elements of art and design at Two Rivers Gallery. Join Maureen Faulkner to learn elements including line drawing with graphite, texture with pencil crayons, shape with collage, and form with wires. It's a solid introduction for those new to art making or a solid review for returning students. We're back, and back to the basics with Maureen Faulkner, Wednesdays from January 11th through February 22nd. Registration and full details are available through Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. CNC's Gathering Place has transformed into a winter wonderland for Trees of CNC. Included in the display is the Invisible Tree, made from fishing line and ornaments by students and instructors from the Job Education Program to raise awareness for invisible disabilities. The Trees of CNC display is on through December 16th in the Gathering Place. Visitors are encouraged to bring donations for the CNC Student Union's Food Bank and place them in the bin next to their favorite tree. Utilize the Arts North Digital Center for all your media needs. Located at Studio 2880, the Arts North Digital Center has a podcast center, graphics design space, and a photography studio loaded with great equipment waiting for you to try it out. Take one of their courses to begin your digital media journey. Find out more through the Arts North link at studio2880.com. The Arts North Digital Center, studio media for all at Studio 2880. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, periods of snow, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 12 with a wind chill of minus 19. Tonight's snow, a low of minus 14. On Tuesday, snow ending in the morning, then mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries. Snow beginning in the afternoon with a wind chill to minus 18, wind up to 15, and a high of minus 12. And we're back with Shannon Pringle, a long-term care worker here in town. Uh, so, Shannon, we started out with talking about your training, but we didn't really get into it. You trained not at CN CNC. So. No, um, when I decided to take the course, um, there was a two-year waiting list, and for CNC, and then to go to Quinell, it like I didn't want to drive every day back and forth, and Sprott Shaw had opened, so I went with them. But there are many other um, colleges online. Um, th- uh, the Discovery College, you can take the uh, CareAid course. Um, it, it has many names. I, I call myself a CareAid, but we're long-term care. Um, we're uh, residents. You know, they have so many names for us, but it, it is just a long-term care um, aid. Um, but, yeah, you can do it online now. Um, it is good to keep upgrading yourself on on especially on different diseases and stuff like that because they change so many so much right right um, we find that uh, it it's changing in many ways so to keep yourself upgraded like I like to take courses online I like to um, you know um, I did a, a death doula course oh yes yeah like it, you know, it just teaches you how to help people pass and make them comfortable and make the families comfortable. It's just good to upgrade yourself on many different aspects of being a care aide. Because, I mean, even though I did, I do long-term care, like I, I said, I worked with children. I worked with youth. I worked with um, bad kids and good kids and, you know... Um, 
disabled people like aim high and all different you know i've worked in all aspects but the reason i did that is because i wanted to know where i fit right as a care worker because there like i said there's so many aspects to this job um that you can you can go in and um if you keep yourself upgraded it just makes it that much easier for you to learn how to because basically care work you have to be able to read people like just uh-huh. you know signs and and uh, what I, they, I'm looking for, uh, like trying to keep people happy, right? So you and, and I know I keep saying trying to keep people happy, but it, it is because I mean when you're in this situation where you can't can care for yourself anymore, I could never imagine what that would feel like. So I try to make it as easygoing and as lax as possible. So when I come in there and I'm doing personal care on somebody, I try to make it as uh, the least uncomfortable that you can be, right? Because, right. you know, a lot of these people don't want you seeing their privates, their private parts. And you know what? I don't really want to either, but that is my job. And I need to make sure that these people don't have any kind of sores or any kind of anything on their body so you have to look at them right right and and that's the most important areas that will start uh yeast infections sores you know things like that that can get yes. out of control. And, and when they're wearing incontinent products it it doesn't they don't breathe like our oh, underwear yeah. do right, right. so it, it keeps a lot of the heat in so sores and stuff like that moisture moisture will get will make them worse 10 times worse right right so you try to i always thought that i i told my one client that i always wanted to be a comedian because the more people laugh the easier it is to get them to to help you help them right right and I, I always try to joke around with them and make it like it's not a big deal and like mm-hmm. we have some Real fun jokes between when you you do care on people, you know, like I've heard so many things. Yeah, yeah. And um, when the reports came out from Ontario and Quebec during the COVID, that these homes that people were filthy, left in diapers and their food was piled up and had bugs and, you know, just disgusting way of living was that very heartbreaking for you guys uh it is like i know a lot of people think we're unfeeling because of you know like a lot of times we are stone face but you got to remember we see things that you don't want to see mm-hmm. we hear things you don't want to hear right right it does it breaks our heart when we hear stuff like that yeah and, uh, you know, at this time, too, it, it was very heartbreaking to find out that COVID has swung through these homes so quickly and, and you know, that a lot of their residents had passed because of it, you know. And and um, to me, I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't want that. My kids have to keep me at home. It doesn't matter. I change their diapers, so maybe they should change mine. Yeah. You know, just the fear factor of finding this out. It is, it, it is It is scary. Like, I mean, I'm in the healthcare field, and I see a lot of things that make me sad. 
Yeah. You know, but I think the healthcare system was totally unprepared for what happened. Totally unprepared. Um, we had staff that, um, because of their age, they decided to leave. And I get that. I mean, when it came out, it was going after older people. Yes. So we had a lot of staff that in many of our aspects that decided, you know what? I'm retiring. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So there were late 50s, 60s, yeah. and they decided, okay, I've done my time. Yeah. I need to retire before I catch this and die. Exactly. It scared. A, you know, we're human. We get scared just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we got to deal with things that, you know, most people don't even think think about in their day like you get up you get ready for work you know you go to work you do your job you go home Mm -hmm. where we got to deal with all like in in big facilities when when staff doesn't show up and there's only one person there you got you got 20 people to look after and you you know what like they still all need they, to be they, fed they all still need to be fed they all still need to be cared for but when like people get scared staff decided you know what if it's not for me it's not for me i get that but in the long run i always try to think of it when i get old who's going to be there for me right right and and what type of care am i going to receive exactly so you're trying to give the care that you would want exactly. when you're in that predicament then yeah i don't i i want to be able to where when it, it's my kids to decide this that they know that like i get it nobody wants to to do personal care on their family member it's right. hard right it is hard but in the long run if you have to put them into that situation where you can't care for them anymore i always tell my kids don't Think of it as a bad thing. Think of it as you're doing me a favor, putting me into a place that you know you can't do that care for. You're looking out for me that you're hoping that the staff there will do the same, will care for you, like like care for me like you would want them to. Right. And that's what I try to do. I always think of it as this is this may not be my family family member, but if this was my family member, how would I want them care for? Yes. And yes. I don't want anybody to sit there and think that, oh, you know, like um, all these nurses do is sit around and do nothing. We work our butts off. Yeah, right. you may come in and we may be sitting, but that might be the first time we sat down in eight hours. Some days I don't even pee oh, for my. eight hours. Yeah. I'll, I'm lucky if I actually get to eat. In those eight in, hours. In those eight hours. Yeah. And you see, with... My family, we have Alzheimer's, right? So I sat my kids down because I have to have a game plan. Right now with me and my siblings, we're, you know, there is four of us that Mm -hmm. we are okay. But there is three of us that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, right? And Mm -hmm. we're going through that. So I wanted a game plan. 
You know, I didn't want to wait until the last minute and forget about it all the time. Oh, yeah, what was I going to do? So I made my game plan now for my kids to save them those hard choices of what I want. And it's all written down, what I want. You know, and and I think a lot of people need to do that. You need to have a power of attorney. You need to have a living will. And you need to have a will. And all signed when you still know what you are doing. You're not incompetent. Because nothing that you sign stands in a court of law when you're incompetent. Yes. And that's that's one thing that a lot of families, I find it's hard for them to put them in there. But they got to remember when long-term care is always is always that step is always that possibility you, you some families know that they can never be able to care for their family member but you need families need to be all on board together right. they need to talk they have to keep reminding their family member we love you we will care for you as long as we can but you got to realize sooner or later we won't be able to do that right we, you got to have this conversation constantly with the yes. with them if you don't let your families know how you want to be cared for in the end they won't know and if as a as a as a child of of parents that are getting older i hope that they're having the same conversation with my brothers as they as i would with my children mm-hmm. i know you can't care for me forever and i get that that you will have to put me in a care home yes. but this is what i want this is what i need you to do for me right. i know i i know you won't be able to afford to put me in a big fancy one or whatever but put me in a place where you know i'm going to be safe please come and visit that's all we ask come and yes. visit look at at the holidays and at my birthday and mother's day yeah. you come say hi and hopefully i will recognize you exactly you know and and i've had that conversation and thank goodness i only have two kids yeah right so they both know where i stand on this they they've seen what happened to their grandmother they have heard what has happened to their two aunties and their uncle you know and and it's all very tragic in fact my oldest sister passed away last year you know so it it was hard because it was in covid yeah right and she was in nova scotia right and her son had no clue what his mother want because she was so far away from him you know and and it was a very sad time for the whole family. Yeah, and it, it and this that is the saddest part, especially through COVID. Like when when we tried to make it that um, we did that. Like when people would, we try to have the family there when people pass. We don't like even through COVID. If you came in and you masked up and gowned up, we didn't care. You came in, we don't we we don't want to see anybody die by themselves. Nobody wants to do that. No. You know, like, no, that's the most horrible thing you could ever do, yes. I think. Yes. You need somebody there holding your hand. 
Yes. I firmly believe that. Yes. You know, we don't come into the, like, I know people go, you come into this, you don't come into this world by yourself. Your mother's there. The and doctors. She, and the nurses. doctors and the nurses. So why the heck can't we have everybody there when they pass? And on the other side of the door is your family waiting to hold you when you come into this world. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that's what people need to understand is that when a person has long term care, they still love. Yeah, they still they, have feelings. They're, yes. they're alive. They just are not physically able to do the same things they did before. I mean, we got to remember, these are still human beings in the end. Like, they they have lived their lives, yes, but we're it's their turn to be taken care of, and it's their turn to be relaxed and enjoy the rest of their life. Yes. And that's the way we should make it. We shouldn't make it that it's... Oh, you gotta be in bed by eight. You gotta do this and you gotta do that. No, that's not the way it should be. It, life, at, in, at the end of your life, you should do whatever you want and be as comfortable as you want. If you don't want to get out of bed and you want to eat your food in bed, you should be allowed to do that. Yes. That's the way I feel. It, w- they made our lives comfortable, so we have this whole, um, system that goes on. So why can't we do that for them? The last thing that we do for them. Yeah. Right. And and that's what I mean, you know, like, um, so when someone is passing at your facility, do you do something special around the room and the family's in there having their privacy at that time? But outside of it with the rest of the residents, do you ensure that everything's okay and quiet? Yeah, we try, we try to make it like... Like if somebody's passing, we try, we try like residents, they know they're not, we just try to make it like, you know, it is their time, right? Mm -hmm. They they know it too. Um, Some of them, some of them do take it harder than others, but most of them, because that, you know, they, they all, when you live in a community like that, even if you don't like each other, they still feel each other's loss. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a couple weeks later, the room is filled. So with someone new, with someone new, right? But these people, like a lot of them, they do know each other, and they like they talk to each other, and you know, they're they, buddies. They're buddies. Yes, you try to make it as comfortable and as quiet as possible, but instill the fact they know what's going on. You yeah, can't, you know, it's like. You try, like, you try to hide things from your kids. Your kids know what going, or is going on. It's just like in a facility. They know what's going on. We all live in the, like, we, they all live in the same thing. I always say we, cause I feel you like I'm there, there, there all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, yeah, that's exact. We try to make it a community and we try to make their end of life as best as possible. Right. I, I the way I want to go is the way I try to let, I try to give back what I would like. You yes. know what I mean? The dignity, the, the dignity. privacy, yes. the, the love. Yeah. Somebody holding my hand in the end. Mm-hmm. Whether it, you know, whether it can be my child or not, at least somebody's there holding my hand. That's all I hope. Yes, exactly, you know, because that's what we need sometimes is that hand-to-hand contact giving us the love, the comfort. Even though we might not be doing anything, we have the warmth. Yeah. You know, and and I think that is courageous 
that's the thing that you can do for a person. So how hard is it to sit there and give your hand to a person to hold on to? It's not. It isn't hard. It isn't. It might, you know. You know what I find hardest out of that job? The hardest thing I find is doing the paperwork. Oh, Oh, there's paperwork. And there's paperwork. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, it's been fantastic talking to you today, Shannon. Um, It has been enlightening to hear that we have care workers out there who wholeheartedly feel what they are doing in their career and everything else like this. And at Christmas time, this is good to hear. And I hope families out there that listen today understand that, you know, care workers do a lot for us and our parents and to ensure that they're safe, well cared for, something that we cannot do ourselves. And you are fantastic for doing this job and everything else. So I want to thank you for being here today. And I want to thank my listeners for listening to the program today. And next week, we are going to have someone regarding Christmas spirit. So we'll talk to you then. See you. This is 93.1 CFIS FM in Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the BC Old Time Fiddlers.